starting now. Well, tēnā tātou katoa, e hui mai nei i tēnei rā. Greetings to all of you who have gathered here today for our long-awaited uh, climate change web conference, our third one. Uh, the field trip was disrupted earlier in the year due to COVID-19, so it's wonderful to finally finish off the field trip that spanned the whole length of the year, it seems like. Uh, but just before we get underway with this web conference, and I introduce you to our guests today, I'll begin with a karakia. Unuhia te pō, pō whiri marama. Tomakia te ao, te ao whati tangata. Tātai ki runga, tātai ki raro, tātai ahorau. Umie, uie, taiki e. So I'm Andrew, the Learn Spell Trip teacher, and um, it's great to have you all on board here for this web conference on the 7th of September, the day after Father's Day. Very important. Uh, and I'm Delighted to introduce you to our guests today, Sorka and Aurelie, who are a couple of students, and I'm going to just let them introduce themselves. So, Aurelie. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Aurelie. I am 18 years old, so I'm a year 13 um, college student in Kapiti, Wellington, and I am a youth activist that does... Um, some volunteer work with School Strike for Climate and Vote Climate, which are two youth organisations working to help the environment in Aotearoa. Thanks, Aurelie. Sorka. <laughs> Kia ora, my name is Sorka. Um, I'm pretty much exactly the same as Aurelie. I'm 18 in year 13. Um, I go to school in a school near Wellington. And I'm also involved with School Strike for Climate and Vote Climate a bit as well. Yeah. And sorry if I'm... Oh, just wanted to say sorry if like, you can hear noise. I'm in school at the moment and there's a class behind, beside me. I couldn't find any. No, you, it's pretty clear. That's, that's fine. Thanks very much. Um, the only thing you'll hear in my background is possibly pheasants. Because <laughs> it's um, pheasant season. Hey, um, look, it's so, it's so good to be you to give us your time again. And I say again because we do have a video on the Field Trip website, which you can check out if you haven't already. Uh, where I go up the coast and meet up with Sorka and Aurelie and talk to them about their work for School Strike for Climate and other interesting topics around the environment and climate change, which is kind of what we're going to talk about today. So just to get us underway, girls, um, can you tell us a little bit about School Strike for Climate? Can you tell us about... Um, obviously the strikes that you're involved in. Um, were the strikes effective, do you think? What, how do you think that they were, um, you know, were they well attended? Do you think they got the message across? Tell us a little bit about um, your work there. Aurelie, let's start with you. Um, so I wasn't sure how I was going to go. Yes, yeah, so um, School Strike for Climate is definitely like a very positive organisation where, um, so there's a quite a few volunteers all around Aotearoa that kind of organise their own like little strikes within their regions. But we first started on um, 15th of March last year. So unfortunately it was the same day as the Christchurch attacks. But despite that, I think we had quite a um, positive day of lots of um, 
lots of people, youth particularly in New Zealand that came together and in our different cities and we took a day off school to show that we cared about the environment and we wanted the um, government to take environmental action seriously. And since then we've had lots of other strikes, but maybe Zorka could talk about the other strikes and the zero carbon bill maybe? Yeah, sure. So with each strike, we've had like a set of core demands. So those are just a few points that we want the government to, of things we want the government to do. Um, the biggest one for last year was um, declaring a climate emergency, which the government did, and having a zero carbon bill, which the government did as well. Like the zero carbon bill was just about reducing the amount of emissions um, that the country emits, basically. Um, and we did that in partnership with another organisation, um, another climate organisation, which was Generation Zero, right? Um, I think so. And those both got passed, so that just proved how effective we were. Um, and I think as well it brought, like, we brought climate change as became a topic and much more like talked about. Um, and I think that was also another proof of our effectiveness. This year, obviously, we haven't done any strikes, which is pretty much just due to COVID-19 mm -hmm. and lockdowns. But we're still trying to like, find alternative ways of doing activism, such as doing like strikes online, um, which is kind of just promoting climate stuff and doing little kind of community things. So, yeah. So, you talk about that term activists, activism. It's... How would you describe that word? Because if I was to introduce you as climate activists, climate change activists, it's kind of, you get that sense that you're going to be going out and just you're striking and just putting things in the way. Is that, how would you describe what an activist is to, to somebody that wasn't quite sure about what that term means? Um, I'll answer that question. I think it's very interesting because I do think like in a lot of other countries, you would see that activists often like almost punished, I think, mm. um, but for protesting and similar actions. But in our country, I think we live in um, a really great democratic country where we can call ourselves activists and not necessarily be looked down upon for that. So for example, I think activism is just about someone being in a state of mind where they want to do something publicly to try and change the status quo. So for example, we are activists because we want to um, publicly show that we want to change the current laws that aren't strong enough around the environment. It's, the work you've done with, this, with the school strike for climate, like the actual events, they, were, they got a lot of publicity and there were a lot of there was a lot of interest, and I think it's possibly fair to say that a lot of the people that well, not I, I can't generalise as such, but some let's say some of the people that turned up weren't necessarily overly aware of 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 what they were doing there and 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 what school strike climate was about, but there were certainly going to be some people that were that were aware and had similar ideas as, as what you guys did. Do you think that those people and then other people since that perhaps weren't perhaps concerned or worried or, or had much of an idea about climate change, do you think that you've had much of an effect on those people? Sorcha? Yeah, um, 
Um, in terms of the effect we had on the general public, was that... The general the right? public or other people your age? Yeah, yeah. I think making... I think doing it so publicly meant that climate change really became a topic that people could easily talk about. Whereas in the past, it was quite, in a way, niche. Like it was still, I mean, that was just my experience. And I found that no one in school really talked about it that much. Mm. Whereas once the strikes happened, everyone kind of realized that, yes, this is an issue that most people care about. Mm. And this is an issue that it's important to care, talk about as well. And I suppose in a way it made it cool again. Mm. To be so like grass, simple. Um, yeah, and I think also just mostly bring awareness. And then to those who were maybe not so inclined towards the climate, it began to more isolate them. Whereas in the past, it may be that, you know, not everyone agrees with climate change. It really became that they were the ones who were isolated, not everyone else. Does that answer you? Do you want to add to that? Already? Yeah, no, that, that's sort of what I meant because it's... Um... I don't know whether it's just my generation or not, but I, climate change is a huge inconvenience. <laughs> you know, because all of a sudden I have to stop doing and start doing certain things that, that um, and relearn ways of doing everyday things. And, and I think to a lot of people, the strikes initially were an inconvenience and they were looked upon quite negatively because, oh, it's just a bunch of, teenagers and kids trying to take time off school and disrupt their learning, you know. Um, but I, I just wanted to get a feel how you feel that, what you know, what was a positive from that? And, and I think you just answered that by saying that we've got, there's so many more people just talking about it and learning about it and accepting it as something that we, you know, that needs to have action taken for. So, um, I mean, I just wanted to get your perspective. I, I, I think that the, the strikes have had an enormous impact. And like you say, it's brought it out into the public. It's got people talking about it. And um, even if somebody did turn up to a strike that wasn't quite sure about it or just wanted to take the time as well, I think, I think the message is rubbing off on them. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, definitely. I think um, through our strikes, we have... Um, not only like got people more people involved and more people thinking about it but raised a lot of um awareness like through through the media we got a, um a crazy amount of media response for our first few strikes which was really promising so you guys have been motivated to do something a little bit beyond the norm i guess um what motivated you to to get involved and still strike the climate Sorcha. Okay. What motivates me to activism and this sort of thing is yeah. probably um, just seeing the effects that climate change is having on the world. Like, I don't know, it probably lots of people have that. You know, it just makes you sad and it just makes you like stressed when you see that and you hear stories about, you know, destruction as a result of extreme weather events, um, that sort of thing. And also the effects it's having on people, particularly. Mm. And finally, I think realizing the effect that activism has in effecting change um, and creating it, and realizing that joining Skills Strike for Climate and doing these things is going to have an impact. Mm. Well put. Did you want to add anything to that, Aurelie? Um, I guess I'd just say mainly is like my whole childhood, I was um, living around the ocean, like going, you know, on boats. Um, 
every weekend and for the first time like when I grew up and I realized that what I'm doing is affecting this negatively like it didn't make sense for me to have taken so much as a child and so many fond memories and then be destroying that and so I think that was my greatest kind of um realization when I saw plastic in the ocean one day and I realized I'd used plastic that day like who's to say it wasn't my piece of um my rubbish bag which is um, my greatest push to kind of fight for this because it's no one no one um, in the past has and now it's necessary for us to so what sort of decisions have you made about how you live in response to climate change um you know, have you made changes to how you get around, uh, the food you choose to eat or the items you buy? Um, what what have you done and what, what advice have you got for other people? I can go. Um, so I definitely, I I think I live by quite a, uh, for me to try and um, advocate for governmental change, I need to make my own personal change and so I definitely made a lot of change in my life um for one I it's been five years since I've been vegetarian and three of those years I've been vegan for the past three years which definitely for me was the um I realized was the biggest change I could make living in Aotearoa where our greatest um emissions come from agriculture um but also I definitely have reduced the amount of like plastic as a, obviously it's hard as a youth I'm not necessarily the one buying but um definitely influenced the amount of plastic coming into our home as well as um recycling i think even from a small child i could easily get involved with how we recycle in our house by just like cleaning the um empty cleaning empty tin cans and everything was definitely good motivation for me as well as um i'd say a big one is by buying secondhand clothes i haven't brought new clothes in a long time which has not only like definitely helped the environment through a like circular economy um, model, but also just like saved as a youth saved money in my bank a lot. <laughs> Cause I think that's quite um, something that youth faces um, just spending and spending. So yeah, definitely motivations from all, all um, aspects of my life. Soka. Yeah, pretty much the same as Orly. It's going like vegetarian, vegan for most of my life. Um, I think I was vegetarian when I was like seven, but that was just my parents. Um, and, you know, going waste free, pretty much using no plastic and making sure that like taking over family shopping kind of thing so that we can do that as well. Um, and also I've noticed that my, both my parents now like go out of their way to like not buy plastic and things, which is really inspirational. I don't know, <laughs> makes me really happy. And yeah, as well, buying secondhand things, um, not driving much, or if I have to drive a carpool, um, but you know, always catching the train, using a bike, um, just little things like that, which I actually really enjoy. I found it so much fun to go waste free, just to like find alternatives, you know, experiment with like using plants as, I don't know, face moisturizers or something like that. I found it really fun. So yeah. Yeah, we've been doing the second-hand clothes thing quite a bit around here lately. It's been it's been cool. We get quite a kick out of finding finding some cool clothes at a cheap price. Hey, um, and I read a really interesting article the other day about uh, it's it called "We Don't Need Another Seven Dollar T-shirt." 
that was that was really interesting and even looking at natural fibers like cotton is actually still the production of cotton t-shirts um, still has an impact on the environment you think about cotton as having a, a bite as a biodegradable product but still the production of that you know we just become obsessed like you've sort of alluded to about a, just a, a, a consumer culture where we just want new 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 all the time hey um thinking about those choices that you're making now in terms of recycling reusing um you know the, all those sorts of things um what are some of the challenges you find with with that um with the action that you take and how do you overcome those challenges i'd say there are challenges in that there's not always the options of making personal changes for example there aren't always I don't know, like, I can't think of many, uh, no, no, I can't think of anything, but, you know, sometimes there aren't, like, a plastic-free alternatives to something, um, and that's, like, difficult. Um, also, even if there is, like, so I get all my stuff from Binnan, because you can do fill-ups of even things like, you know, washing powder or whatever, but then it's just so complicated, because how does it get to that shop? Does it come in plastic? What type of car does it come in? And the whole structure of everything is just so complicated. There's so much that contributes to what's in your house that you can't, and you can't have control over all of it. So that is a difficult thing. Um, also often the cost, like I always catch public transport because I don't have my driver's license. Um, <laughs> but like, I know for other people, it's like, you know, paying for trains is more expensive than driving. Or, you know, you have to, to catch a bus, you have to work out the timetables, you have to wait, you have to go, it takes a long time. And those sorts of things are quite difficult. Yeah. So I suppose it's the structures that we operate in that can be hard to fight. Do you want to add yeah. to that, Oliver? I would just say, like, for me, I think the hardest thing is being, um, being out with my friends one night, say, in Wellington, and there'd be no um, vegan food that I could have or going to a restaurant or family and just being a bit stuck um but I think over time I've definitely seen a development in the amount of restaurants and cafes that have provided vegan food as well as like I've seen development in the amount of people in my school that have um in the demand for it, I think has definitely increased so I do see a lot of potential in um the industry I guess of like um vegetarian food especially in supermarkets you see the aisle like continuously growing over time which is quite promising yeah yeah you know we had the, the massive plastic bag um thing which was really widely um publicized and then we, we it's just something we do naturally now is to take take a bag to the, to the supermarket um and i guess it's and, and a lot of those other things, like you, know, you talk about, um, you know, maybe take out food, a lot more people are now turning to recyclable containers and things like that. And it's, I guess once, it's, once it catches on, um, it's almost like if you're not doing it, well then, then, you know, that might have an effect on your customer. They might not want to come in now because you've got those that plastic stuff. So you've got, to, you've got to make those changes to get on board with not exactly what's trending as such, but kind of what's trending, but trending towards, you know, uh, you know, proper change that's needed. 
Um, well, you mentioned your friends. Um, how do you get on with um, with your friends and your schoolmates and, and, and that sort of thing? How do they react to the involvement that you have, which is, you know, perhaps slightly above the norm? Okay. Um, I can start on that one if you want. Um, I think I find like most sets positive. Like, you know, my friends will be like, oh, you know, it's so great that you're doing this. You know, you're doing it for all of us and keep it up and those sorts of things. And I find it's really positive, um, to be honest. I can see how it could be, you know, maybe they might find, might find it weird or might find it annoying if I'm always adamant about, I don't know, my use of plastic. But they're not at all. Maybe I'm just lucky, but... <laughs> But it's, yeah, really positive. Yeah. And I think also see having people around you who care a lot. Like if you see people who care so much about it, it's hard to go against that if they're truly passionate. Mm. I don't know. What about you, Aurelie? Um, Yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely been more of a, oh, I wish I could do what you're doing rather than... Um, I don't know, like, oh, why are you doing that kind of thing? I think lots of youth, like, especially in school, we've learned that this is important and it's necessary. So it's never, I've never been questioned by many youth. So, yeah, definitely a, I wish I could do it, but I just don't have the, I get the same motivation, I guess. As so what, what, what sort of recommendations or tips would you give to, to young people who want to do take action or do something for the for, for climate change in a positive way, yeah, but are unsure about where to start? I would say by just like, I think I've over time definitely like growing into um, college life, I've um, developed a sort of negative connotation to plastic. And so if I go to McDonald's and I'm getting a drink and I, I see the plastic lid come, like my, my eyes definitely peel to that and kind of, I don't know, I, I guess get frustrated inside. So I think it's important to acknowledge your plastic use. And like, so if you are in um, a supermarket or you're going out to buy food, the advice I'd give you is like, look, look at the plastic you're consuming and imagine where that's going and how it got there and how it's affecting um, not only our country, but um, other countries flooding and that sort of thing. Like, so in a sentence, acknowledging how our consumption affects the world. Dorka, what, what sort of what advice would you give young people who are unsure about some positive steps to take? Not not sure a little bit, you know, maybe maybe they've got I don't know, maybe they they just aren't unaware of, of things that are happening and yeah, I think I completely agree with Orly about those personal changes and those steps to take. Um, I think you could also, I think educating yourself about the issues is really important. Um, probably if you're like in school, it's not what you want to hear, like not more schoolwork. Um, but I certainly found that that was what I thought at least. And so I didn't really like try and learn much about it. I was like, I just want it to change. You know, I just want it to change it. I don't want to learn about it. But I found that actually knowing these issues kind of quite well does really help because then you can fully understand how the change can happen mm. and only once you understand can you actually affect that change um so i think that's one thing i think also if you want to get involved in like the wider communities 
like there are all sorts of you know there are all sorts of climate groups that you can join you know you can join school strike generation zero um those just i think those are young youth ones but there are heaps of climate groups and if you just like i don't know just google it and you can come up with all these different ones that you can sign up to and then you can become parts of these communities and i think being a part of a community like that it will both like keep you motivated and keep giving you energy because you can see the whole work around you and perhaps um, even um groups that are doing uh, restoration planting or, or something like that which is um obviously positive for the climate as well and even if yeah and even if you don't you know even if the actual particular topic that you're involved with such as like planting or i don't know picking up rubbish isn't something you want to do particularly you want to do something bigger or smaller or different if you go along to those events you'll meet the people who are involved in those things and I feel like that's half the battle because once you make those connections and they can help you along the way. Yeah. So where, where do you see things going in the future for yourself? How are you going to take your passion for the environment um, further? What, what are your aspirations beyond school? Okay. Oh, do you want to go, Orly? I'll think about that one. Okay, Orly. Well, I just, um, um, I have a pretty clear vision. Like I definitely... Um, lately it's been challenging me a lot that I obviously my whole youth has been kind of built around um, this environmental action that I have been taking for quite um, or been trying to take for quite a while now and so I, I realized that what, I, what I, I wasn't sure what to do next year and that has to be um, kind of follow this path and this journey about helping our environment because it's it, it is one of my biggest values and so it's only fair if I continue that so I will be, um, um, I'm applying for an internship with Greenpeace and maybe I will get it, maybe I won't, but I will be definitely following the journey of helping our environment in whatever way that kind of turns out. But that's definitely my one core goal. Sounds great. Good luck with that. For me, I'm still figuring it out. Uh, still got a few months left. Um, but yeah, I think I'll just follow with activism, um, that sort of like collective power to push government change. But also I think for the next few years, I wanna kind of like dabble in different things and kind of see where I fit in best. Like, you know, is it activism? Is it, you know, small groups? Should I run campaigns? Do I wanna, you know, do something to do with government. Um, for this year, I've been trying to like, mix around a bit, but I think once I leave school, I have more of that freedom to really look at all my options and see. Um, I think what scares me most about climate change, though, is that it, we, we've got a time limit. Yeah. And so whatever change happens, it needs to happen faster. Yeah. In the, in the video we did with you, Sorka, you mentioned that there are a lot of different industries that, that have sustainability you know, as part of their, their, maybe not their mantra, but it's, but it's part of the business. And, and I think that's increasing. So there's a lot of different uh, sustainability roles within different industries. And I think that's increasing all the time. So Barry's, Barry's just got a question here. Um, I'm going for a little bit longer. I know you don't want to keep you guys too long, but so Barry says, I've talked to older people. Well, older than you, Barry. Um, who won't go cycle touring overseas because of the carbon footprint and emissions. Well, the cycling might be um, 
admitting to much carbon, but um, I've met one person who does not have a car. In my family, we have one electric car, one hybrid. Do you think older people are getting the message as much as young people? Hmm. What are your thoughts on that? same as with everything it's like it's diverse like you know some old people are more than some young people some young people are more than old I think to be honest I don't know like I know definitely the stereotype is that older people aren't but I think at the same time a lot of them do seem to care possibly because I mean, I'm not sure how old you're thinking like possibly like the old like they're quite old they've got less to like, you know, they're not constantly having to worry about, oh, I don't know, like, you know, they're not caught up in their job or, like, something like that. I don't know um, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I, think there's, I think there's possibly different degrees of yeah. generations. I think it's just, yeah, there's, there's several generations, isn't there? So, I mean, I know that my 105-year-old grandma is probably not... Um, having too much of an impact on the environment because she's not driving anymore um, and she's probably not going out shopping for new clothes much so um, but then my parents in their 70s they're still driving um, I think it's if I was to pick in one generation and maybe this is terrible to do I'm not sure I think it's probably like around middle-aged that are generally like most depicted in at least the media as being the ones who are doing the least well, I read this morning um, that New Zealanders aren't getting the message about our driving. <laughs> you know, we're, we're still obsessed with our cars and we still want to drive everywhere. So, um, you know, that's really interesting just to read, read that. Well, it's been great talking to you guys again. So appreciate your time. Is there anything that you'd like to finish with any any final message or anything that I just would like to say before I let you go I don't think so I, yeah I realized I wasn't muted the whole time and so I just muted myself when I try to speak but now I'm unmuted so um just maybe like I think it maybe a lot of what we've said has potentially sounded negative because it is a sad topic, but overall, like being a part of this environmental movement has been so empowering for me as a person. Um, realizing that my small actions makes a huge difference in um, what we're doing and like seeing the government like pass the zero carbon bill last year was just like the most pivotal moment in um, my life. Like seeing that I have such an impact on these big like worldly ideas and so if you're like kind of unsure um, or you have a passion, like just because you're one person and, and we're, me and Sorka are super young and we started this journey when we were at the start of high school, um, you do still have like such a huge impact on um, the government and the world. So if you truly believe in something, you can do that. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, well, that's a great, great place to leave it. Yeah. We, a lot of a collective collective actions you know we can we can we can all do our own thing i think that's a really really good thing to think about and, and to not get overwhelmed with because you're right it's a big topic um and it can be quite overwhelming so i think we just need to, to do to do what we can as individuals and groups and and, and be positive 
thanks very much for your time this afternoon, Soka and Aurelie. Um, really appreciate some fantastic insight you've given this afternoon to uh, to your work towards uh, sustainable outcomes and the solution to climate change and being part of that solution. So we really appreciate your time and and uh, all the best for those future endeavours wherever they may take you. That uh, brings our climate change number three web conference to an end.